from the halls of assembly, you hear a scream and shout. I love of Indiana, he's manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Eric. Yep. Yep. I I hear it. I uh, feel it. Uh, before we get into what we're going to do today, let's tell people what we're going to do today. We were set to do a big, fun, silly, uh, happy recap of our trip to Bloomington, which included a loss, but also a win, but also a lot of really funny stories that we wanted to share. And we thought we would jam that together with a recap of a win at Northwestern. <laughs> And then all hell broke loose today with the announcement of the five suspensions and then the game. So here's what we're going to do. This is minutes after the game ended. And Ward and I have not talked to each other since the game ended. And we're going to react to the game. We don't normally do this, but we're going to react to the game. This is how it all began. Yeah. And then sometime later this week, before next week, we will release the recap of our Bloomington trip when we're in a mood to be silly, happy, funny. But we're not in the mood to be silly, happy, funny right now. I was angry before the news broke. I'm having one of those days. We're back from Bloomington. Life is sinking in. You got a lot of shit to do. Not enough time to do it. Annoying technical stuff, legal stuff, business stuff. I had to go for a long walk with my little dog just to try to work it out before I realized half of our scholarship players weren't going to be available to play tonight. All right. So do you want to start there? Do we want to start with yes. that before we get to the game? Yes. Cause yes, that, that is the story. The game just happened afterwards. All right. Well, go for it. What, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your take here? Okay. So we don't know why they were suspended, but we know why they were suspended. Okay. They were suspended because they did something they were not supposed to do, that they were told not to do, that they were told you don't do as an Indiana basketball player. And whatever they did, it's the equivalent of what I never do when we're doing this podcast, what I never do when I'm on set, what I never do when I'm going to work, when I'm picking up my children. I have a responsibility. I I have a contract. I have an agreement to not do something because I'm doing something else. And they made an agreement to be Indiana University basketball players with everything, everything that entails. And they clearly did something against their agreement. And Coach Mike Woodson called them to task on it. And now we're in a, we're probably not going to make the NCAA tournament again. And we all know what we think this is about, and we all know my take on that, politically, socially, personally. Yeah, but I, I, I actually, Ward, I think what you said first is where it should kind of be a full stop, because we don't know that it's about weed. And and there's some reports that it is not. Right. So, I saw Rabbies, and that's why I'm not, you know, either way. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, right. It doesn't matter. Um yeah, look, I, I said this a little bit on the on the halftime hullabaloo that, that we missed you on, but uh, I'm just pissed off um, for all the reasons you just said. 
this is a sign of five guys at what are we two thirds through the season where we're at a crossroads right now. I mean, we've got games that we cannot lose because we're scratching and clawing to make the tournament. And it's still there for us. If we win some games, uh, clearly the window is closing, but it's there. And this is five guys who decided that whatever they wanted to do was more meaningful and more important than their teammates who weren't doing that thing or whatever it was. It's more important than their coaches who have tried to get them to be um, disciplined and focused. It's more important than the fans who spend money on tickets and merchandise and set their schedules around watching these games. And put money into NIL collectives. Yeah, and by the way, Xavier Johnson's made money on NIL. Tamar Bates has made money on NIL. In fact, let me every take single every yeah. single All guy of made All money of off have. of that fan fest. Yes, and I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. We we help give them money. This is the downside of NIL. This is the risk you take. Uh, they have a responsibility to not just themselves, but to a whole bunch of stakeholders in this thing. And look, kids make mistakes. I get it. I'm not casting aspersions on the rest of their lives. I'm not saying they're bad kids. What I'm saying is this shit is inexcusable at this point in the season when you're scratching and clawing for an NCAA tournament bid. Imagine, Ward, if this does cost us as an NCAA tournament, Trace Jackson Davis doesn't get to play in an NCAA tournament in his college career. Race Thompson probably doesn't get to play in an NCAA tournament in his college career. Could they come back? Sure. But who knows? It look, is maddening. And and look, I'm going to say something here, and I don't want to get into too many details. I don't care what the thing was that they did. This is not the first time there have been issues off the court with this team. We just haven't heard about them. We heard about it with Parker Stewart. This is Parker Stewart's second time where he has been disciplined and missed game time because of it. Parker you're not a fucking freshman. Figure it out. Xavier Johnson, you're a senior. You're the leader of this team for all intents and purposes as the point guard. Figure it out. And yes, you're, you're allowed to make mistakes. Yeah, but, but the, 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 the mistakes, okay, I think the mistake was getting your ass handed to you at home against Illinois. I think the mistake was was playing an incredibly terrible half of basketball in front of your home crowd and starting already this, okay, really dodgy five games that could make or break our tournament. And then whatever you were doing, which clearly preceded that game, and who knows, maybe that's part of the reason you sucked in that game, particularly the second half, but then now it adds to a game that, was so damn winnable even without those guys. Imagine yes. if we were at full strength that that I'm, you know, I don't care at all for for any excuses because we there's already been oh, enough to be to be upset about at this point and and like they there's repercussions and I don't feel bad for them for having to sit out a game. I feel bad for Trey Galloway for pouring his fucking heart out on that floor and getting those couple of tough calls at the end because he's so exhausted because he had to play for his teammates who were not there for him. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And look, there was some talk online of people like commending Woody for taking a stand. Yeah, f- I, fine. I, I'm fine with holding kids accountable. Totally fine. Support it. Again, we don't know what it was, but totally support it. But you know what I don't like? If you are unavailable to play in a game because you did something to break team rules or whatever it was, you don't get to put on the jersey and sit on the bench. You shouldn't be able to put on the candy stripes and sit on the bench. They should be in their street clothes and watching from the freaking locker room, honestly. And if you want them on the bench or if you want them out there, then I'd put them in the seats behind the bench in street clothes because it should be humiliating for them. They shouldn't be out there warming up and going through warmups. I don't like that. And I'm not I'm not trying to cast aspersions on Woody. I like what Woody did to hold them accountable. Yeah. But I don't like seeing them out there in uniforms when they did something that was not worthy of wearing the uniform. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I don't know what that thinking is there. In case five guys fouled out, he didn't want to say this. My team is on the floor and play three guys. But, so, But you know what? Principle is only... Principles only matter when when they're uncomfortable. Yeah, and and you know, look that 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 wasn't going to happen. So I really I don't know the thinking, but to your point, which is, I think is a very good one, is Woody's Woody's establishing his culture. You know, I think we all can see like, okay, he inherited a lot of these players, even these guys he he brought in with his staff, the transfer portal guys. Even those are kind of like, oh, we're we're kind of scrambling here last second to field a team to get a uh, guys together. All right, well now he's got these guys, and he's trying to mold this program into what he wants it to be. And this is, you know, his Alaska moment, if you will. He was around for that. He knows what that was about. Around for it. He was part of it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He was suspended or put on probation. Yeah. So so here we are again. What's old is new again, 40-plus years later. It, and, it shouldn't be happening in mid-February. And this it is all this be. means. This is what it means. We're going to win the national championship next year. <laughs> <laughs> um. It, it is just angering. Now, I will say, I think there is a conversation to be had at some point about the discipline of this program because it has not been a team that has been disciplined on the court. It hasn't been. It has not been a team that's been disciplined. And when I say disciplined, I mean, I don't mean held accountable. I mean, they aren't showing discipline on the court and they haven't off the court. Again, there have been other things that have happened behind the scenes that aren't great. Michael Doerr sat out two games. And if you think that that was just because the matchup didn't work, it's bullshit. He was kept out for disciplinary reasons. Parker Stewart was kept out of a half for disciplinary reasons. You know, there are other things that have happened that we don't even know about. And the fact that five in mid-February, February February 9th or 8th, whatever it is, in a game on the road that is so critical for our success as a team it is angering, and as fans, I absolutely think every fan has the right to be totally pissed off about this. Now, they can atone for it, Ward. They're kids. They can. They can atone for it. But right now, it is infuriating, and they let down their teammates who uh, shit the bed, with the exception of really Trey and Race, against Northwestern. 
let's get to that in a moment. I just okay. want to come to your point of like it's it's okay for us the fans to be upset right now. We have every right to be more than in pretty much any other game when you have a situation like this. And you know, and look, and we put a lot of time, money, and effort into going back to watching this team play this last weekend. And, and you know, it was so disappointing that at full strength, the kind of effort we saw. But that's that's what you do as a fan. You take the risk. There was a good turnout in Chicago for this team. At times, it sounded like it was an IU home game. But those yeah. people paid money. They traveled even if it was across town or across state lines to go support the team. And, and they didn't get to see their Indiana Hoosiers. And it, to me, the... And I, I don't mind bringing it up as much because I see it trends pretty well on peaks. But this is how Colts fans felt when a bunch of unvaccinated Colts players went down with COVID in the last couple weeks of the season and were not there. And even when they came back, were clearly lethargic and out of sorts and just completely shit the bed when it mattered the most. And instead of being in the tournament, the playoffs, if you will, they're sitting at home. And, and, and so there's just something about investing a lot of time into a team over a lifetime. Yes. But even in a given season that I, I, I hate it when the parallels between the Colts and the Hoosiers are negative, but it kind of feels like, Oh no, here we go again, being let down by our players merely because of, of them making choices and not being available to play. Yeah, it, it is uh I just don't remember a scenario like this playing out for in recent time. I mean, I don't. I think the last time that anything like this happened in ma- in mass was the Alaska, you know, 79 uh, yeah. team with Woody on it and, and, and Butch Carter and Landon Turner and, and all that. And a couple of guys got kicked off the team for that. Yeah, so we were, we were pooping our pants at that point. We, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't on. know what was going on. Literally um, pooping our diapers. Yeah. I didn't wear diapers, just free ball it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I'm sure it wasn't. Um, so, and let me say this too. If Woody wanted to kick off a couple of these kids, I'd be okay with that too. Same. You know, especially the ones that have had multiple problems. Yep. I, I would really be okay with it. If you are saying that our culture and the way we do things here is more important than wins and losses, then what message does it send, honestly, if all these kids just are back in the lineup on Saturday? I, I just, and we don't know. Are they multiple game suspensions? We don't know yet. So I think we've got to reserve judgment on that. But it sucks. We're angry. And then we played a basketball game against, and please, please, if you're out there listening, please do not post or tweet us or DM us about how good Northwestern is. (laughs) Please do not tell us about the Ken Palm rankings and how many teams they played close and that they beat Michigan State. Yes, yes. Bad teams win games. Bad teams keep other games close. Why do you think we won? Right. They they sucked. I mean, they sucked. Oh, terrible. 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 That's the only reason the game was close. Yes, but I got to say, man, I am so effing sick and tired and disappointed in Trace Jackson Davis's play, and I love the kid. I think he is. He cares. I think he takes pride in playing for Indiana. I think he's about the right things, but he does not have it 
and he is playing his worst basketball over these last few weeks. At the most important time, when we're playing teams where these games are crucial to a postseason berth, the best player on our team, the preseason All-American, is playing his worst basketball. Four of 13 from the field and five of nine from the free throw line, one of which at least one was the front end of a one and one. It is, it makes no sense. Northwestern has no one who can guard him. No one who can match his athleticism. No one like Kofi who can overpower him. No one who can bother him. He cannot play the way he played tonight. And we've seen it over and over and over again. And the bottom line is he has to be better. And he hasn't been. I'm sorry. I know we're shorthanded, but this is where Trace, the leader, takes control of the game and dominates. Well, and, and, and you say Trace the leader, but the fact is Race is the leader, whether okay. he's vocally that or not. Fair. Fair he, enough. On both ends of the court, he's as valuable as anybody, particularly tonight when, you know, Trey did his absolute best at running the show. But I not I, I Race's leadership has been undeniable for a while um, on the court, in the locker room, just who he is and the way he plays. But it dawned on me tonight. He is the better basketball player. He is a superior basketball player to Trace Jackson Davis. He is more valuable on the court. And and obviously this isn't a, 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 and a destination. This is what's been going on for these last few games. I don't know where the stretch exactly begins, but with Race's consistency, like a bona fide professional, he doesn't have the, the traits, the gifts to be a high-level professional basketball player, but in his approach and in his consistency, he is a pro. He shows up every day, and he brings it on both ends of the court consistently throughout the game. And that, to me, I believe, has been more important and made him a better basketball player, all things considered, than Trace Jackson Davis for a while now. Yeah, I I, I hear you. I it's a tough one. I mean, Trace changes the game a little bit defensively more than I think Race does from his ability to block he and can. his athleticism. He, I do think, like even tonight, I think he had 11 rebounds. Yeah, you're right. He can. He's not consistent. So you're absolutely right. There is more attention paid to Trace than there is to Race, for sure. Um, but clearly, Race has a better skill game than trace i mean that's not even close trace a race had that really nice play near the end of the game that cut it to four i think that little floater mm -hmm. from the baseline where he caught the ball at the base or at the free throw line dribbled to the left planted himself and shot trace has no ability to do that none zero so you're right about that and and look if um what is availability or is, is the best ability or something like that? If so is consistency and, and you're right about race has that in spades. Well, and look over look at, trace. Yeah. And look at the entire Purdue game in the first half of the Illinois game. Trace wasn't even available. Right. And we so, played better without him. Turns out that was, seems to be the formula to success against really good teams, but I digress. Yeah, and then look, I mean, I really love Miller cop. I, I, the guy plays so hard. He tries really hard. I don't know what it is, but from a performance standpoint, I mean, he has just been so uh, disappointing. And I feel for him. 
complete non-factor. Complete, well, in fact, in some ways, a negative factor because he's just missing so many shots uh, that are wide open. I mean, he is missing wide open shots. There was a big three in the second half where it came to him wide open at a big moment, and you just have to knock it down, and he hasn't, if and he hasn't was, done it consistently enough. If there was ever a game he was going to step up and shine, it was back at Northwestern, and he absolutely did nothing when not that much was required to win that game. No, that that I mean, that's my point. Northwestern is a bad basketball team. They are a bad basketball team. I mean, there was a point where they were like one of, was it 13 or 14 or something like that from three-point line, and we were ahead by four, I think. I mean, we scored 51 points tonight. Is that what we did? I mean, this this net ranking, it's about to take a major hit. The Ken Palm numbers are about to take a major hit, both on offense and, well, defense won't get hurt that much, but offense will continue to go down, but the net is going to get hurt bad. Um and now we go to Michigan State, who is struggling, by the way. And if we were full strength and clicking, I would think we had a chance at that game. But now I'm, I'm, you know, first time of the year that we've lost two in a row. And I feel like we're in that moment again where it's like careening off the cliff. Yeah. Like that's what it feels like. And, yeah. you know, it, it is so frustrating that as a program, we cannot figure it out. I mean, as a program, we just do not have it together. And I, I, I get just, that. I, I get that, but it's it doesn't help us out at all. But we do have to hit the reset button every time a new coach comes in. And I can't sit here and say like we 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 okay, we haven't clearly gotten our act together. For real, in 20 years. Like, if we'd gotten it together, there would have been the coach who retired peacefully, gloriously, as the Indiana University head coach and named his successor, as we saw at Wisconsin, as we're seeing at Duke. You know, like... Well, no, no, no. Wisconsin was a little different. That dude, that dude went away in shame. Greg Gard? No, Bo Ryan. Bo oh. Ryan had to get out of town because there was like a story about a cheerleader or something. Oh, I didn't know. Maybe that. not a cheerleader. Oh, yeah. Like he he went away and went away and went silent. because oh. there was some really bad <laughs> sexual stuff. Oh. And Greg Gard got the job because he was the assistant and he was there. But Bo Ryan didn't really? name him the successor. I missed that completely. Yeah, it, it was dark web okay. stuff, but that was real. But oh, I know okay. your—I hear your point. I okay, hear your so point. so right. So we haven't got our act together. However, there are still many reasons to be hopeful about Coach Woodson, who he is, his resume, what he brings to the table, some of the stuff we've seen on the floor this year, particularly on the defensive end. But wait, and- can I jump in for one second, Ward? Because I want to—I want to get your take on this because I. I know where you're going here, and and I, I still want you to go there even after you hear this, but I want you to hear it and tell me if it okay. gives you pause at all. All we have heard from every single player is how great Woody is, right? And how much they love playing for him. 
right? And mm -hmm. how much fun it is and the confidence instilling. And we talked about with Archie, you never heard any of the players raving about Archie ever. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But these guys, it seemed like, wow, we've got the guy that they will go to battle for. And we've seen the social media videos that the basketball program has put out with Woody throwing the game ball to people and hugging and all that. Yeah. And you have five guys on February 8th who thought so little of that coach that they respect and admire that they said, fuck you to the rules and we're going to do us. So I do worry a little bit that what you've got is a guy who is a player's coach and fun and people love to play for and also think that they can get away with shit on, on February 8th in the middle of the season. And that scares me about the program. Right. And I would be more worried if he didn't take action and sit them tonight, you know, and, and that I feel like because it's not the first time he's had a player for disciplinary reasons, whether or not it was made public is he's doing that and he's establishing that culture and look, he's, he's going to have to stick to it. And if it happens again, or maybe even off of this time, I don't know. We don't know any of the circumstances. Right. That's your point. If people, if a couple guys get kicked off the team for, for multiple repeat uh, offenses, great, you know, and then, and then for when he's, on a little bit of a longer recruiting cycle when he's looking at these guys a little further out has a little bit more time to meet with the family you know they can do a little more homework on what's up with this guy what's up with this kid uh then then you know to me it it's no that to me all of those things you mentioned of him tossing the ball to the players in the locker room the joy the fun the positivity that's part of what makes me feel really good about the direction of the program. But at the end of the day, he's cooking with a bunch of ingredients that were largely in the kitchen when he got there. And he's trying to make them taste as good as possible. And, and, and the fact that he's willing to lose this game and whether it was his decision or maybe it was higher up the food chain, I don't know how it worked tonight, but he's participating willingly um, in basically tossing a game on the road. When you're taking out two of your starters, I don't care. When you're on the road in the Big Ten, five scholarship players, two starters, you're pretty much saying we're probably going to lose this game to make a point with these guys. So to me, that is all like, yes, I'm I'm so frustrated that we're starting over again, but I'm not at all doom and gloom with where this reset is a few months into the process. I think that that is fair. I do want to point out one overall thing that I do think is really concerning and probably something spent better uh, on a reasonable Rabbi or, or a different podcast. Okay. But one of the promises of the Mike Woodson era at Indiana was this free flowing space, three point shooting, uh, creative and innovative offense that would change the style of play that we're used to and attract people to come, you know? And, and of course, part of the promise was winning, but if we didn't have winning, we would at least have a style of play that other players in the future would want to play. None of that exists. In 23 games this year, we have an offense that is statistically worse than every Archie Miller offense in all four years that he was here. It is statistically worse. The efficiency is worse. And, and the eye test, especially over these last few weeks, sucks. I mean, it does not pass the stat test. It does not pass the eye test. 
And I do think it is worth, I think it's fine to fret a little bit out of what is the offense that we're running because it certainly doesn't look like anything that any of us thought we would be seeing at this point in the season. It certainly hasn't gotten better. It has gotten incrementally worse as the season has gone on. Even with Xavier Johnson before tonight playing the best basketball that he's played, the offense sucks. I mean, it just flat out sucks. It is ranked now after tonight's game. 108th in the country and 12th in the conference. And, and again, we were ready to fire Archie Miller just on that. And at least in year one, both from a performance standpoint and even just what are you seeing, we haven't seen anything that we were promised in this Mike Woodson era of offense. And that to me, from a program perspective is really concerning it is i think that is a very well laid out argument as to why we should be concerned i want to believe that with an upgrade in talent which woody is clearly expecting to get that somehow we start to see what he has in mind because like right now when I'm kind of cl close my eyes and like, what am I seeing out there? And it's like, mm, I can't really picture what's happening on our offense really in a given position. I will say there still seems because it's new shit to your point over old yeah. shit. It still isn't as um, mind numbing to me as Archie Ball, though tonight really? for recently too. Well, but then tonight, this is the first time it creeped into me where it's like we went like six minutes without scoring. Which what about the Illinois every... second half? Huh? What about the Illinois second half that we well, watched? Where you and I were like, the, "Where's the ball movement?" Yeah. The, well, I'm getting to that point, the, but but that that this this is starting to creep in now later. Is concerning again tonight. Okay, we're missing five guys, including X. Um, but then to go back to the Illinois game, and I think it's actually maybe we go ahead and purge our thoughts on the Illinois game itself here, since that was such an abysmal experience that that then we don't really have to spend much time on the game itself well, in our happy pot. No, but we have to because we right. have to talk about why you're the problem. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I get that. And I will fully uh, uh, f fall on the sword, jump on the grenade at that time. But that's like uh, actually a fun, funny story okay. in a lot of ways. What wasn't fun and funny, what was happening on the court at Illinois. And we were talking with Angelo Pizzo like the next day about like what what's happening out there. And and what I was saying to you guys, and, and this is what I keep coming back to is. You both players on and off ball and the ball itself, if it would just keep moving, if it would just constantly be in motion for the full 30 seconds that we're down at that end of the court, then eventually a defender gets lost. You set a screen, you run the baseline, uh, you, you, you run a pick and roll, you do a couple three-man weave up top, you just keep moving around and eventually somebody gets caught with their pants down and you get an open look. I mean, look, I was in the Bahamas and you can talk to Rabby too. This team played better in the Bahamas. Now, granted, the competition is different. I'm not denying that. Right. But they played more loose and free and moved the ball more than they have 
at any point in the season. It's just really alarming how bad the offense is. How it, do you explain? I mean, you were there. Were was were those professional teams really that much worse on defense than these Big Ten teams? I, oh yeah, probably. But I, Lord, I'm not good at that. Like I don't analyze. I can't. I just don't know, honestly. But here's what I will say. I mean, look, I'm a simple guy. Those Bahamas games is when that team was fresh and they didn't get, they didn't have any time to like, they were just playing pickup basically. Yeah. Now they have whatever system we're trying to run and it has debilitated them. I mean, this offense is just get the ball to trace and hope he makes, get the ball to race and hope he makes, or get the ball to Xavier and hope he makes or makes something happen. That's it. There's no ball movement. There's no inside out. There's no, there's a couple set plays. We ran a set play tonight for Miller and he came off. It's the only three that he hit was coming off a pick. Like that, that should be happening every other time down the court. I agree. It just hasn't. So I, I don't want to get it, get lost here, but I do think that the offense overall is the biggest warning sign of what the hell is going on with this program. Like it's the efficiency is terrible. The look of it is terrible. Uh, new shit is better than old shit, so I think that it's still helping people deal with it. Mm-hmm. But numbers and facts don't care about how you feel. And the numbers say that Archie Miller's offenses were more efficient than Mike Woodson's offense. That so is far. fucking, that is brutal. Like, it's brutal, is, but it, it's, it's, it's such brutal. an indictment. And, because... and Lord, when, I, when I hear you say, well, you just got to hope that maybe with more talent, it it makes every hair on my body which not up here, but it makes them stand on end because it was the argument we heard for at least three years with Archie. Yeah, but like he had Romeo right away. And look, and 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 we have Trace Jackson Davis, but I think to your point is that guy's actually not very skilled. He's got a couple of yes. things he does really well, so he can basically... But wait a minute, Ward, wasn't one of the promises of Woody that he was going to develop his game? Yeah, yeah, but like, don't don't get distracted hasn't. from that just yet. It's like, what what is, what did we hear coming into this season by people who know a lot more about basketball than us, and people have continued to say it, and I think we feel this way. This team doesn't have that much talent. This team is not that talented. It is one of the less talented. It's not in the upper tier of talent in the Big Ten. Oh, uh, I agree so, completely. So if, if to me, Woody's coming from coaching the most talented players on earth. Now, he is going to have to calibrate whatever he wants to do to guys who are not that good. But if he can get top four talent in the Big Ten, will we start to see whatever he's telling them to do actually get done and be like oh okay now we're seeing it i don't know i don't know at all and i don't have any confidence in that but that's that's just what i hope yeah although i would be able to stomach that more and 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 hope more on that if i didn't look at a guy like tamar bates who does have a tremendous amount of talent who was a borderline five star top 25 kid and whose game has regressed over 23 games. That's a kid who has tons of talent, who Woody is the only coach he's had in college. And from the time he got him in the summer to the time right now and not counting tonight, his game has regressed. And there is no one that can argue that that isn't the case. He hasn't gotten better defensively, and his offensive game has gone to 
virtual shit. And so where's the development? Where and, and Trace wasn't his player and maybe just not good enough, but where's the evolution? Most college players get better. Most do. Race Thompson has developed. Uh, he's gotten better. You know, he's been there. He well, was with Archie for four years. He was he with better. Crean, and I think he started with Samson. So, yeah, he's gotten better. <laughs> Branch McCracken taught him <laughs> his footwork. So the offense is my biggest worry because I don't see the promise being fulfilled. The second part is player development. I am, I think that that, that is a big question mark that we just don't know yet. And the Tamar Bates case study is concerning. Yeah, I mean, point. I look I look at uh, Trey or Geronimo, and I see guys who are definitely better than they were last year. I agree with you 100%. And, and that's, you know, and that's when you, you the guys who are going to end up being really good college players, you do see that jump from freshman to sophomore year. And, and we just don't know. Is that really them and their commitment and their dedication? But, but I how agree. Much, how much love do the coaches get for that? Yes, but if it wasn't counterbalanced by Tamar Bates and Trace Jackson Davis, then I would have more faith in the argument. But I'm just giving I'm just giving the other side of it. It's not all that nobody's developing or regressing. Some guys are. So yes, I, but I, 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 I could argue that. Def, I don't think it's definitive on the negative side of player development. Okay. Uh, oh no, I don't think it's definitive. I think no, I don't think it's definitive. I think it's a giant question mark where I didn't think it would be a question mark. Hmm. I thought the team would be getting better as they learn Woody's system more, and I thought most individuals would be getting better. Well, And, and look, at this point, but, the team but, is not better, and most of the individuals are not better. But, at like, it is funny, because at halftime of the Illinois game, all of Hoosier Nation would have had a wildly different feeling about the direction of this team, the potential of this team, <laughs> the promise for the program's future. But then that second half was so horrific. And then this, this just, I mean, I don't know, like, like historic. What is, what is a night where five players get suspended? Historic embarrassment. Yeah, um, sure. For, for the program, just like, man, like, yeah, it, it, it is. It's it, it, as far as like an in-season thing to happen. It is historically embarrassing it, for it sure. Makes, it, it, it is makes, like Alaska, which was embarrassing and made made New York Times. I mean, the yeah. New York Times wrote story about it. But so, that's because we are a really great basketball program at the time. They won't be reporting on this. That's true. But like I saw some people on Twitter really upset about the Big Ten Network constantly reminding people that there's five players out. Uh Guys, that's the story. Period. Like, like, I mean, you can be upset at it all you want, but if I was producing that broadcast, I would have had a graphic up at every commercial break coming back on who is not playing and how the percentage of minutes and the percentage of scoring. That was the story of the game. That's the job of the broadcasters to tell the story in, in the micro and the macro. And the macro of this game is that Mike Woodson suspended five players before the game that accounted for, I think he said, I think the number was like 45% of the minutes. Like it, it is, it's nuts. Yeah. So that's yeah, the story. Yeah. Don't no, get I upset about it, that. No, I, uh, I, uh, I think those, those people should not be upset about that. I think they should be upset about what those players did. Yeah. Uh, listen, this wasn't a happy go lucky episode. We weren't that funny on this one. I mean, 
Do you know any jokes? I was just going to say that, you know, with race's development, a lot of that goes back to his AAU coach, Everett Dean. Mm, it could be. I've got a joke. You want a joke? Sure. Um, the little boy is in his bedroom. Uh-oh. And he hears some commotion coming from his parents' room. Oh, boy. And he walks into the room. He busts into the room, and he just sees his mother in a slutty cheerleader outfit and the dad naked except for a snorkel i mean like a lot of families to listen to this okay but i'm just <laughs> i don't care put the explicit tag on okay i will and, and, and you know the dad quickly is like what billy what's wrong with you what are you doing what are you doing and you know caught him right in the act and go back to your room i'll be in there i'll come back to you and billy goes back to his room the dad you know takes a little time calms down walks down the room, opens the door, and Billy is in the middle of having sex with his grandmother. And the dad goes, Billy, what the fuck are you doing? And Billy says, not so funny when it's happening to your mom. <laughs> it's so wrong. That's it's a so great wrong. joke. That is a great joke. That is a, a credit to the the deceased and uh, just wonderful Super Dave Osborne. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So so many fond memories of Super Dave and Dave Letterman. Oh, I mean the best. I mean some of the greatest segments of late night television ever. I mean just one of the best guests ever, and Letterman obviously. You know, him and Carson are the best hosts ever. So, um, yeah. Anyway, we'll do another episode where we recap our our funny trip, which, by the way, just to in case you want a little tease, I took some notes, Ward. Okay. Here are the notes. And I will just say the notes and then we can talk about it on the show. Red eye laying down like five year olds walk to the game slash ward driving. Game suits, turtlenecks, mask upside down, Buffaloes technical disaster, <laughs> Knicks karaoke, Marquette tennis team, <laughs> Kofi. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say it. Women's game cheerleaders. Walk back. Briscoe bathroom break, media school crash, mother bears. Wait, wait, you totally skipped over winning time. Winning time. Well, I'm going to put it in. You totally screwed that up. So, yes, that's in. Ping pong sweating, raccoon. Oh, yeah, and, raccoon. And plane recline concussion. <laughs> So there's a lot to go over that is fun stuff. It is. It is. And I, I do think I do think we we could we can just sort of glance over the actual game. Uh, I'll add a note to that. Like with exception of Kofi. Right. Ex of course. Of course. It's a highlight, a highlight. But also the the hysterics jinx is B.S. And I'm going to come out swinging against that notion. So that I will, we don't say any more about it. But okay. that's going to be part of that is is. Uh, I saw I, somebody I, on Twitter tonight blamed us for this loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I'm going to come out swinging against that that notion. I do love that several people were like, wait a minute. If it's weed and Ward was in Bloomington recently. Like, I do love that that's where people went. Like, there is a chance that somehow your weed made it to the team and like you're smoking with the team and I just imagine you and the team in the Scooby-Doo van and 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 that is what has gotten them suspended. I love that narrative. Anybody in Bloomington who has anything from me that they shouldn't have was not on scholarship and in not walk-ons either, not walk-ons either. In fact, I know, not even... What? It was weird for you to to qualify it with is not on scholarship because that did like directly imply. Well, no, because everybody was suspended. Got totally baked. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I immediately went to clear I know, it up. I know, I know. Um, yeah, no, look, I get it. I get why uh, why people would think of me when news like this breaks. But again, we don't know what those five five guys did. What we do know is. I had no interaction with him. And if you don't believe me, you can take all questions to my attorney. Steve Dodato. Steve Dodato. Uh, all right. Well, listen, we are powered by. We've got an announcement to make on our next podcast. We're doing it on the next one. I think so. That um, the recap that one or like sweet the recap one. Okay, the recap one. The because our announcement's going to go out Thursday. Oh, okay. Then yeah. Then so some news about the podcast that is bittersweet. I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's a fair way to fair but, way. But it. but it's good for. I think it's good for everyone truthfully, including the Peaks community. So, uh, all right, man. Well, Saturday we go to Michigan State. That's all I got to say. It's actually not all I got to say, but it's all I want to say right now. Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 what if the recap of our trip back to Bloomington is the last happy podcast we have this year? This year, jeez, that is a horrible thing. That's, that thought's going to keep me up tonight. <laughs> all right, man. We'll all right, talk man. to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody. Oh, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But the, but the sometimes, sometimes why? why? We were wrapping that up just like what we do after we stop recording, and we're like, okay, man, good night. Talk to you later. I know. <laughs> like, something felt wrong and too informal about it. I know we totally forgot that we were actually recording this and not just talking to each other about the shit game tonight. Um. All right. See you next week. Goodbye. Actually, it's not even see you next week. It's we're going to do the other one. I mean, this is a disastrous ending. It's fitting. It's a fitting ending to a fitting night of shit. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Warden Eric. 